One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I am the very model of a modern artist listener. I've been listening for years and years. I never lie, Rob Titchener. Know the folk of Ambridge and can quote the plot's historical from John being subtracted to Nigel falling off the hall. Dumpty, 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 dum. They've had cricketing and gaslighting and 12 weeks of enamelling, ratings chasing Helen's fainting, Alistair de Schell's horse paintings. But it's sonic and iconic and bucolic and is full of cows and bunting, theft and eggmobiles and Christmas pantomimes and rows. Dumpty, 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 dum. I fear Alice, Chris and Jamie Perks are kidnapped by the Button Twins. The fair brethren are grooming Bert and Jazz has moved back in with Jim. Last year things got floody and poor Kenton teetered on the brink and this year they got bloody and now Helen's banged up in the clink. Orange is the new beige. Of late it has been quite hard work to be an avid Archers fan. I miss Kate's Yurts and Bartleby and Pip's attempts to bag a man. Who can save us from this drama that is what you'll hear me wail and moan. Get on a plane to Hungary and bring the Dalai Lama home. Oh, I feel like I live in Ambridge. It's exhausting. I feel all done in. So if you want to find me, I'll be drinking gin with Lillian. Dumpty, 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 dum. Bah. Over the past five years, Slibbing World and Sunbury have taken part in Race for Life, in memory of a much-loved member sadly lost to cancer far too young, and have raised many thousands of pounds for this cause close to our hearts. Our team, Angel Delights, will be taking part again this year and would welcome your support. Our Just Giving page is justgiving.com slash angeld hyphen l-i-t-e-s or contact at dusty substances on twitter thank you <laughs> this is dum de dum the show about the reality docky drama that sends on an ambridge in the heart of the midlands i'm the unexpected wiener that is royfield brown and with me of the damp patch that is lucy freeman and the last part of caroline and oliver's return folks is you now today's dum de dum is Fiona from last week because it's pretty good. Don't waste that just on one week if it's no. that kind of quality. No. So it's her in a Gilbert and Sullivan styly, folks. Now, Lucy. Yes. 
Can you remind our listeners how then when the accolade of Dumpty Dum of the week? Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or break your wrist on the Resurgam Rock, then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thanks, lovely sandwiches, for her amazing voices to Cosmo for his podcast roundups and to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. Thanks also to Derek, who, uh, like Kaz, is trying to improve his ornithological knowledge uh, with the help of Jimus. Uh, he's doing well, well. Will, well, well, well. Uh, Jimmy says he still gets his goals mixed up, but he does know a giant tit when he sees one. Yeah, hey. Yeah, hey. Because <laughs> Kaz doesn't. But anyway, uh, folks. Yes. We have a lovely, perfectly formed Dum Dum show for you this week. Because we have calls from Claire, who's showing off about her holidays. Ellen from Cambridge, who's happy Alice has returned from Wonderland. Steve, who thinks the end is nigh for Joe. Claire from Scotland via Canada, who's sitting comfortably. Andrew Horn, me old mucker, who thinks Lillian and Kate are ad fab. Vicky Cole, my girl Vicky, I love Vicky. Some Somebody realised that on the Twitter that I love Vicky Cole. <laughs> Vicky Cole, who's upset. You don't exactly hide one. your light under a bushel, though, do you, Roy? Do, do I not? Oh, no, I just love her really. voice. <laughs> Crumbs. She's cross with so, everyone today. She sounds very disciplinarian and uppity. Oh, I like her even more. <laughs> <laughs> Goddess Diva, who can take no for an answer. And Witherspoon, who feels sorry for Clary. But first, before all the caller in before Lucy and I prattle on about stuff, before I go on segues to flights of fancy when my brain has a good fart, it's Lucy V. <laughs> Freeman's week in Ambridge. <laughs> We started the week with a royal birthday party. I'm sure Her Majesty would be delighted. Thank you so much for creating this shambolic collection of gardens filled with <laughs> lumps of stone, old caravans and strange men dressed up as shepherds. I am very sorry that the witch with the broomstick fell over that breeze block with the graffiti on, but anyway, it's my birthday, so who cares? Uh, Linda resurgammed all over the place Fallon had to make an important <laughs> hamper delivery she said as the bull had run out so Fallon emptied the freezer she said that'll be nice for whichever poor sods fork out for those particular hampers have a suck on a frozen pork pie and a handful of peas with a few fish fingers that'll be £24.99 thank you according to Jill everyone has been walking around with a big smile on their face because of the happy conclusion to Route B despite the fact no one had mentioned it for months and months and the rest of us had given it up for the storyline filler it undoubtedly was still if it puts a smile on hooty Jill's face it's all been worth it clearly Toby and Josh the capitalist keystone cops were incompetently plotting by filling the eggmobile with rogue chickens from Neil and Haley. as soon as an archer's character says don't worry about it it'll be fine we all say wearily oh no it won't but anyway Colliver are back. Yay! <laughs> yeah, rather, they are. Just in time for Joe to bring the ceiling in at Grange Farm. Emma put them off by saying all the Grundies had a vomiting bug, which probably wasn't far off the truth once they'd discovered a stark naked Joe pissed on cider sitting in a rocking chair with a ferret in his lap. However, it has prompted the Grundies to think about their future. If Ed's still got the land at Grange Farm, then why doesn't he move into one of the many assorted shepherds, huts, caravans, mobile egg sheds that currently litter the village? The whole of Ambridge must look like a flipping traveller's site by now. The chickens will be demanding a standpipe and the MP will be photographed looking worried outside. <laughs> Lillian and Kate, the ugly sisters, were very, very supportive of poor Phoebe when she's trying to revise by getting rat-arsed, shouting, cackling and generally acting like a group of bingo callers on a hen night while Cinderella Phoebe swept up and muttered. 
Tony and Pat have failed once more to take any proper legal advice in their dealings with Rob. Not mm-hmm. only should they not speak to him directly, they shouldn't share the same oxygen and have a five-mile exclusion zone around the farm. But no, they told him cheerfully that Pat was going to meet little Jack, John, George, Dave, Beaky, Dozy, Mick and Titch, which is bound to enrage him. Pat and Tony truly are the triumph of hope over experience. However, someone does seem to have lit a fire under Pat's ass, which is good. <laughs> Toby warmed his hors d'oeuvre up in order to amuse Pip's bouche and persuade her to do the voice over his stupid up-your-ass eggs. She told him to stick it in a very forthright and competent way, which sent her rocketing up in my estimation. Helen in her little and her little cockney sparrow mate were looking at the birdies in the garden when Jack suddenly got his act together and started feeding properly. For the first time in Helen's life, something worked because she just relaxed and had a nice time. Hoorah! Poor old Rex tried to stop himself glazing and nodding off while he heard fascinating things about cows and their milking practices. Essential knowledge for any chicken entrepreneur, surely. And he still (laughs) failed singularly to get into Pip's pants. Any hopes of persuading Pip onto the back seat were scuppered by the presence of Alice back from the dead, sitting in the back of the car, blowing her nose and doing a bit of wedding planning nuclear physics. I love the way they had to remind us that Alice is actually clever and not just an adenoidal Sloan by that strange semi-flirtatious <laughs> exchange with Pip saying, you can't like farms, you are clever and make aeroplanes. And Alice saying, I can like aeroplanes and farms, you know, because I am clever. Also, I can do weddings too. But anyway, back to Rex. Give it up, mate. That's all I can say. She either knows what you want and is hoping you'll take willful ignorance as off-putting, or if she's so dense she hasn't twigged and you don't want her anyway. Either way, it's time for Rexit. The end. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed that this week, Freeman. Good. You're you're just so clever. I love your topicality. (laughs) Rexit. Oh, it's not hard, is it? You You cannot move. Without seeing it everywhere, I mean, it's like subliminal, um, subliminal messaging in terms of mm. writing. It's yes, you can't avoid it. Well, <sighs> just before we go back on, on onto the archers, um, I, I feel it would be remiss of me, considering that we do have the odd little bit of topicality on this show, just to ask you to uh, give me uh, the mood, the mood of the nation, considering that terrible thing that happened last week. Oh well, I think. Jeez, that I just don't know. Words fail me on that. Um, I think what's dangerous is that people politicise the act of somebody who clearly is extremely mentally ill, mm-hmm. and start interpreting that as if it's reflective of something. Apart from a man who needed serious mental health help. Um, oh yeah, it was just absolutely so tragic that that i think i think oh, i don't know it just really was unbelievably awful um and then on those occasions you just have to keep off social media because it doesn't help um and you just finish either getting upset or cross um and now the bookies are saying that we're heading it's more likely to be an even split than they thought they had put remain miles ahead but now looking a bit wobbly the the one thing which I had to explain to people over here is that our our democratic process involves much more face to face interaction between our you know yeah. our representatives and yeah. actually the, the general public. Well, they only and... get to see theirs in flipping great stadiums and baseball halls and things, don't they? 
Yeah, but but also just the physical size of the country. Yeah. It's impractical for a congressman from Nebraska to say once a week, I'm going to be back in Nebraska and, and have a surgery the way that an yeah. MP can, even if they're in Stornoway. It's still relatively close. I know, close well, yeah, to, it's, it's so. diplomacy and it's access. And, and, you know, that we just saw the absolute worst, worst, mm. worst consequences of that. Absolutely. And what I hope doesn't happen is that that access is rescinded because of this. And very obviously, MPs have their own safety to to look after. And I, and I just hope that, um, you know, because of this crazy lunatic and, and these actions that, you know, this kind of centuries old tradition yeah. of MPs being out in their constituencies, in their communities, and people having access to them, um, doesn't slowly kind of wither and die, or kind of suddenly, all of a sudden, you know, that that is kind of um, yeah. taken away because it's uh, it makes MPs have much more access to people and vice versa than mm. than the American system, which they all seem to be cocooned in this town called Washington, and the only people who has access to congressmen and senators over here are lobbyists, you know, not actually yeah. constituents, so. Should we, should we do a, a lighter note on our the email that we had from Facebook? I mean, the Ooh, Facebook yes, post. Please. Yes, please. Uh, this is very sweet. But, but also, we're very sorry, Georgina. Georgina Smith uh, put on mm. Facebook, uh, Hi, Dumpty Dum and fellow fans. I was unfortunately in a small motor collision yesterday on my way home from work. Not my fault. No one hurt, I hasten to add. But my dash cam footage records sound and guess what was playing in my car? Yes, you, the Dumpty Dum podcast. At point of impact, you discuss the coffee builder's tea break and the advert for 10 presidents kicks in. It's now part of evidence with my insurers. (laughs) The Morse code beeps start at just the right time. Oh, dear. Well, yes. I'm very sorry, Georgina. That sounds extremely horrible. And I'm glad that you weren't hurt or anything. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I feel quite odd about being evidence in somebody's accident. That's weird. (laughs) It is weird. And what is one of the glories of time wasting on the interwebs is to fall into the rabbit hole of dash cam videos on YouTube. <laughs> Have you ever done that? No, I me? haven't. It's quite a spectacular diversion the ones I, the of ones, time. The ones I like, my particular, I've had to actually ban myself from looking at them. I've had to block the sites on my, it's not porn or anything, don't worry. Um, uh, <laughs> on my, is. um, pictures of people having things removed from their ears what? like flies and um people who've had huge great moths who've gone flown into their ears and um uh things like that and they do these little tiny cameras that go right inside the ear and show you pulling out this great big lump of disgustingness it's fascinating that is truly <laughs> disgusting <Lisa. laughs> I Why know. would you find that fascinating? I don't know. Why do you find dash cam footage fascinating? Well, no, I don't find it fascinating. I'm just saying it's this, well, anything on YouTube ultimately is a rabbit hole because that algorithm is just so clever. So if you've expressed half an yeah. interest in something, it goes, right, well, if you're interested in Spider-Man, I'm going to give you a bit of Captain America chat. Yeah. Then I'm going to give you a little bit of Batman. And, and then a, a bit of earwax. <laughs> well, No. <laughs> It would because it's cleverer than that. But you have to state that initial preference. Yeah. So what happens is some somebody will send you a link and it will be, oh my god, look at this bit of dash cam footage. And invariably, it's Russia. Yeah. Those Russians have all got dash cams on on their motor vehicles and they're bonkers, 
Right. And so it's is it people so... driving really stupidly or something? Or yes. What? And oh. it's near, near misses and, and sometimes, and there, and there is a whole kind of genre of, where, of not near misses. So you can watch um, somebody driving their car and all of a sudden a cow will just wander into the road. <laughs> And the ha- cow is being humped by some bull, right? And the bull goes, Woo! like this, you know, and just humps the cow into the middle of the road. And all of a sudden, the cow is on the top of the bonnet and rolling around and whatever. And, you know, and you well, go, okay, that's going to... happy. Didn't have anything and, to moan about. <laughs> and you go, well, that's, that's actually kind of quite funny. And then you hear the, you know, whatever the Russian is for, fucking hell, like yeah. this. Yeah, Vladimir Putin. Yeah, so like that. Kremlin. So all of a sudden, and then he says, suggested videos, another dash cam video. And you go, hmm. So, and then before you, before you know it, you've spent three hours watching people <laughs> in Vladivostok, Murmansk, Lenin, well, not Lenin, St. Petersburg, getting Narrowly almost... avoiding people on pedestrian crossings. and Exactly. Little, <laughs> gr- little grannies who are just oblivious to on, on rushing, you know, trucks. It, it's quite amazing. But anyway, this is not a podcast about what, Lucy? Pedestrian crossings in Vladivostok. Yes. No, or this is Maman. a podcast about the Elderflower Cordial Index. And we have Ooh. the Elderflower Cordial Index update later. You know what? To say that this makes me happy, that I go to sleep with a big smile <laughs> on my face because, because of the, of the elderflower. <laughs> yes! Yes! <laughs> this is just lovely beyond belief. And where this really came from, I'm about to say, I don't know. Yes, I know it's, it's New York Nigel, but uh, that the people just taking this to their hearts is just lovely. Yeah. And there's a lot of people on the Twitters, you know, reporting on this, but they're yeah. a little bit shy about becoming our economic correspondents via SpeakPipe, aren't they? Yes, mm. they are. So they, we just, we they just get to... random pictures of bottles plonked on worktops <laughs> with, with some <laughs> currency figure next to it. Yes. Exactly. But anyway, um, now now we've got all that just about covered. I think we can just about wrap things up with this week on the podcast. What do you reckon, Freeman? Should we not do the calls? Oh, okay then. All right then. Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Who's first? Uh, Claire, who rang in specifically to annoy me because she's in Florence. Hello, this is Claire Howard. I'm in the interest of uh, making Lucy jealous about where uh, all of the listeners are ringing from. I'm calling from a cafe uh, outside the Duomo in Florence. Um, (laughs) uh, So I'm the first time caller in her anyway, and I just wanted to say hello. uh, And I better tell you what I do for a living, which is I'm a, a construction planner. And then also I wanted to talk about uh, the story that shall not be named and say that um, I think that the prediction the other week about the drone is correct and that the Lillian will find something on the on the pictures that uh, Toby's going to take uh, and it's all going to blow up from there but uh, anyway I really just wanted to say that I'm in Florence bye I had a lovely trip from London I drove from London to Rome many moons ago and I drove into that central piazza in Florence. Oh, Lucy, you've been to Florence. It's gorgeous. Mm, it is Why would anybody want to come back? <laughs> I 
And I, I just, I just remember driving in, and then the policemen were just on bicycles, and you just think, oh, there's, there's no crime here. Everyone's happy. Everyone's drinking Chianti. Everyone's drinking Prosecco, and just like eating ham and cheese. Everything's all right with the world. And so, what does, what does Claire say about that? Um, she, well, she doesn't say anything about Florence. She just says basically, I'm there and you're not. Ha 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 ha. But she mm. says Lillian will find something in Toby's drone footage that gives a clue yeah. to uh, something Rob-related. And... I think surely it's going to be the the change in the course of the water yeah. or something or another, isn't it? Well, yeah. I had another theory about that, but that is that plays off Steve's mm. call. So if we play that now, we can talk about both of them. All right. Good morning, Dumpty Dum. Saturday morning. Uh... Just taking the hound for a walk, my dumpty dog, Ruby. Um, Steve here, first time caller in a row. Just listened to Friday's episode, and it's obvious that Joe's pegged out. He's gone up to sleep, and he'll be leaving Grange Farm in the final taxi, uh, which is a shame, obviously. Yeah, poor Joe. Um, Thought Lucy had it spot on last week when she talked about Helen's new best friend, the... Cool blarmy, Dick Van Dyke, apples and pears, rubber dub dub. Um, single mum with all the correct names for, you know, Jeremy Carl type names for her kids. Um, it's, you know, after something that's been so well acted, like the Rob and Helen show, to have something as sort of crass and, you know, out of central casting for a character like that is a bit sort of wearing, but. You never know. She may grow on me. Um, I'm finding uh, the fair brethren very annoying at the moment. The drone thing is just stupid. It's just getting on my wick. But I did agree with one of the callers last week when they said that it would be a... um, It would be spying out where the dead East European was who was involved in Culvert Gate. So uh, I'm looking forward to that panning out a bit. Uh, uh, other things? Um, just really enjoying the Dumpty Dum podcast. It really does make me laugh. Uh, and it's a real fun sense of community. So anyway, um, hope you all have a nice weekend in Dumpty Dum land and look forward to Joe's wake. Bye. Yes, I think you might be right about exit Joe, stage left, Steve, pursued by a bear. However, the thing I think is, you know, mm. he was talking about Culvert Gate. Yes. I reckon, you know, the brown stains that have appeared in, mm-hmm. I wonder if that's anything to do with water that's been diverted. The water that that's leaking into Grange Farm that was more mm. than Joe's bath running over. Because Caroline said, why is it brown? There's lots of it, and why is it brown? Do you think that somehow the culvert's been... I've got no idea. You know what my geography's like. I've got no idea, especially imaginary geography. Um, Isn't this more geology? I don't know. Where watercourses, where Grange Farm is in relation Mm. to the culvert. I don't know, and I think you might be overthinking this. Am I? I I think... Do you think they're more likely to be ferret-related, the brown stones? 
<laughs> I think she was just saying, I think the point of that was just to say that the damage was, uh, the, you know, the visible staining was, was quite, you know, was an eyesore and that um, it isn't just going to be a case. You, you couldn't help but notice it. That's kind of what I got from oh, okay. it, really. You know, this water's gone through the gubbins of the house and uh, it's left a horrible, horrible stain. That's what I thought. Okay. Because surely... If the water was that discoloured, um, you'd you'd see it in the bath, yeah. you know, and that is that isn't just Joe being that filthy, is it? No. Well, you'd hope not. No. Yeah. Mm. Um. Now we have Ellen. Oh wait a minute, Stephen, first time caller in, or welcome on board, sir. And now we have Ellen. No, Claire, on your holidays, first time caller in, or well done, madam. Now can we have Ellen? She's also a first-time caller, isn't she? she? She's very quiet as well. Whispering Hmm. Ellen, we will call her. Hi, Dum Dum. It's Ellen. I'm a vet from Chester. I'm first-time caller in there. Long-time lurker. Been listening to Archers since I was in the cradle, um, but more seriously for the last sort of few years. I've been meaning to call for ages, but finally called this week because I've just listened to Friday's episode joyous episode loved having alice back kate and lillian and phoebe i absolutely love this it's brilliant and hilarious and why the archers is so fantastic so i'm i'm so pleased after the well kind of last two years really um also had two plot predictions um the first one seems so glaringly obvious to me that this is what's going to happen but by the time this goes out, it may not have happened, so I may be completely wrong. Um, but I am predicting that Rob is going to turn up on Father's Day near the prison and steal baby Jack. Um, because he knows now, doesn't he, that they're going and that they'll be taking the baby out. So that's my prediction. Also, I am hoping that this knot is going to come, this isn't going to come to fruition, but I'm a little bit concerned following Pip's meal with Toby which admittedly didn't go that well but I'm concerned we might have another brother girl love triangle thing after um you know Allah, Will, Ed and Emma um with Fairbrotherers and Pip but I'm really hoping that doesn't happen because that would be extremely tedious anyway that's all bye-bye her plot prediction yes that Rob will steal Jack mm. and Pip will be trapped in a fair buttock sandwich. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> needs to have that image in their head, do they? Um, I don't think... Uh, Rob could put... Yeah, the thing is, and it, Vicky Cole, when she's having her general rant about everybody because she's upset mm. this week, um, she said, why the bloody hell did Tony tell rob that he would that pat was going to see jack gideon jack giddy up jack um at the weekend but Mm. you know because she said well surely then rob will turn up but actually the more badly behaved rob is they need to it's almost like they need to push rob now into a state where he's out of control because that's when he reveals his true colors he's lost it once with piggy who's kind of rethought, I've never seen him like that before. 
so we need him to actually start behaving very, very badly, even if it is temporarily damaging to the people around him. Ideally, not Henry, obviously. Um, mm. But he needs to be pushed to to kind of reveal this um, the megalomania and the narcissism that he has. Um, it, and that's kind of the way to do it. So if he does turn up at the prison and um, sees Jack and tries to uh, abduct him or tries to abscond with him or something like that, generally, be, you know, breaks the rules and then can't see that he's done anything wrong. That will all be a huge uh, benefit to the um, to the uh, defence case, won't it? Um, absolutely. And um, all I would say is that and I know you mentioned it in your monologue, um, is why the hell would Pat and Tony yeah. agree to his yeah. request without at least speaking to Anna? I know, they've already got into trouble for it twice, haven't they? Exactly, exactly. And why they just keep keep doing it? And I mean, as soon as they saw him on the doorstep, they should have just said, I'm sorry, you need to put it in writing and shut the door again. Yeah. That's it. Even I know that and I'm an idiot, you know. Well, you're, you're far from an idiot. No, but, you know, legal, legal things, you know, I haven't got a clue. But even I've watched enough flipping crime drama to know that. Well, well, nobody watches TV. No, that's true. They're all fossicking and doing agricultural <laughs> things. So what exactly. do we think about Pip being in a fair buttock sandwich then? I don't think that's going to happen because she's got Toby's measure completely. Yeah completely you know she gave him a massive dressing down this week mm. a couple of weeks ago she gave him another dressing down um remember about the whole kind of drone thing and how unethical he actually was um no she's well over any um kind of romantic feelings that she might have had for him way back when when the two brothers kind of came into it and he was trying to chat her up remember kiki saw her in the shop didn't he and kind of asked her out and whatever and she was kind of mildly interested yeah. you know this kind of pre pre matthew um and then she just sees rex as harmless yeah. you know so she she she, she sees toby <laughs> as being a chancer but rex is just harmless but rex will wheedle his way in but more by rex accident is, than is, design do you think rex is genuinely in love with pip absolutely he is isn't he yeah, it's quite he sweet really we shouldn't be taking the mickey out of him i'm not what, I what did i say was just taking the mickey it was you no 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 yeah, me i mean then i shouldn't be. yeah mm. but that's just your way i know nasty old cow aren't i well, no, just like yeah, you, you just you dismiss uh, emotions kind of quite blithely and yes. just kind of try and see uh, the humour or the piss take in just about most situations, Lucy. But that's part of your comic genius. Ha. Huh. Um, yes, I think ultimately she will end up with Rex. Well, that's the what we're led to believe by the way it's being set up. Yeah, it could well be. Though that she sees him as, uh, though Alice says, you know, this man is gagging for you, that, you know, number one, she still doesn't quite believe it. And also, as I said, she sees him as somewhat kind of harmless. Yeah. And maybe they're setting us up for a. a, a well, three he's so far five in the friend thing. zone, he's practically sitting on the edge of a bar, well, isn't he? I mean, exa- exactly, exactly. And, and maybe we are going to be led through this kind of merry dance of her having a. A succession of boyfriends in the next yeah. few years, and he's just always there on the yeah. sidelines, you know, yeah. sighing heavily. <laughs> That'll be fun. I'll look forward to that. Oh, <laughs> um, the thing is, with Josh and um, with Josh and uh, Toby, mm. Toby and Josh 
you kind of expect Toby to be no you kind of expect Josh to behave like a single-minded idiot about the eggs because he is very very young and like all very young people he thinks he's got all the answers and nobody's thought of things in the way he has and you know it's if, if everything was left to him it would be great but you know Toby is sort of what is he do you reckon he's like late 20s but it but he's fundamentally he is um a used car salesman isn't he yeah that that that's him he's purely reactive he has somewhat of the gift of the gab so remember the whole thing at christmas and getting rid of all all the pheasants or whatever the hell they were the the goose sorry (laughs) the the geese the geese the geese (laughs) and so you put him in front and he's somewhat of a showman but he's an arthur daly type type of character so what he doesn't have is um he, he can't think strategically and what he can't do is relationship build what he can't do is kind of um you know smooth over ruffled waters and i'm mixing my metaphors and stuff so he's not good at relationship building with suppliers but he can turn up and get and do the whole kind of rah 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 he's all he is is a salesman and i don't mean that to diminish salesman per se but he's a salesman what he isn't is is really a thinker for him the more hens they get, the more money they'll make. He doesn't understand about the infrastructure and the ramifications of um, what that means behind that. So we need a bigger place for the hens. You know, we need more feed. We, need, you know, we need more labour. We need more time, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. He is a salesman, he, and that's and that's what he is. So it makes complete and utter sense that Josh, who you rightly point out is somewhat naive in the way of business because he's just young, would be um, somewhat excited and edged on by somebody like him because, you know, Josh doesn't think too much Mm. about the back end of business also because he's just, what, 17? You know, so the pair of them are going off blithely, um, exciting each other about the possibility of doing more and more business. And, you know, and basically they're upsetting people left, right and centre, or at least will be. But I mean, he's, he's basically pinched Neil and Haley's hens, hasn't he? It's it's bang out of order. And the boy needs a slap, yeah. you know, in, in no, no uncertain terms, you know. Yeah. And um, it is... You you are seeing, and you know maybe it isn't Kane and Mabel as I said last week or the week before, but you are seeing very clearly how Pip has this ethical core and understands the rootedness of the farm and what they've done, and then how that then plays out business wise. Where Josh is much more well, not much more of a loose cannon, is a loose cannon. So there's those scenes where she says things like, oh, he's, he's thinking about something grand. He's got this furtive look in his eye or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and then that just played out through her dressing down of Toby in terms of um, this whole kind of drone footage thing about the way that he was marketing them and forgetting about Brookfield and how that could have been used actually massively to sell yeah to sell the, you know, the pasteurized yeah. eggs to say that this thing comes from this established business and et cetera, et cetera. But no. So I, I think it, it's interesting. Um, the dichotomy, uh, which is those, those two little, little archers, you know, Pip and Josh. Um, but I don't know how interested I am in it as of yet. <laughs> <laughs> You're withholding judgment on mm. the interest front. 
No, it's interesting to a degree, but yes. it, it is a Let's bit... Let's not get carried away, though, chaps. Yes. Exactly, exactly. I was more interested in the return of Alice, if I'm being... Yes. Which I just thought was just nice. Yeah. And I think it kind of denotes a certain kind of balance in the force that is Ambridge. When you have yes, Alice talking absolutely. about Chris, yeah. we're getting yeah. characters which we know are pretty minor, but yeah. are have their kind of importance. And it means that that great big storyline, you know, is slowly yeah. receding, even if it is only temporarily, so yeah. other characters can kind of come in and uh, and play their part. So I loved a bit of Alice Jackson this week. Um, Claire from Scotland via Canada said much the same thing. Hello, Dumpty-Dum. Claire from Scotland via Canada here. Pleased the Archer seems to have finally returned to form. It was comfortable listening this week, consistently, and I wasn't all het up about what the next turn for the Robin Helen story would be. Alice is back, which is nice. I didn't know her at first, um, but I'm glad to have her back. Likewise, Kate, um, and hugely sympathetic to Phoebe. I didn't sit A-levels on account of having been in Canada, but I sat the IB and that was bad enough. Um, What I'm confused about, though, and it's a very little thing, really, compared to all the stuff we've had to go through lately, is how Pip, competent, clever Pip, who can put Toby so thoroughly in his place, and wasn't that a good scene is apparently oblivious to Rex. I'm sort of hoping we're meant to read that as her being willfully oblivious, because I don't think it should have taken Alice to have to spell out to her that Rex is keen on her and has been for ages. Um, But other than that, really enjoying the lightness of touch and tone and hoping it continues. Yes, I completely agree. Uh, It was... It was comfortable listening this week. No rearing back in alarm. And also when Helen's sitting there saying, you know, oh, I'm sitting outside in the sun and, you know, the baby's listening to the birds and everything. And I sort of felt, yeah, that we've all, she's calmed down and all the listeners have calmed down and it's all just calmed down. And mm-hmm. the the door is now open for other people. When It made me laugh when Alice came back to home farm, when, when, um, uh, Jennifer was going off on her swanky holiday. Mm. Um, when she, when Alice arrived to say goodbye, she opened the door and everyone went, Alice, darling, as if they hadn't seen her for bloody months. Either. <laughs> <laughs> and people all around the country going, oh, it's Alice. You know, it was like, where have you? You kind of expected Jennifer to be, and where the hell have you been? You know, uh, not a word from you for months. Um, you know, yes, much nicer listening, much nicer listening. Mm. And I think one of the reasons why Alice is a little bit semi-detached, apart from the fact that she's just not been in it for God knows how long, is that when you boil it all the way down, The Archers is about relationships. Mm-hmm. But but specifically um, how two characters relate to each other. So you've got um, Lillian and Kate mm. now. And it's very cleverly done that there are, there are differences between the two characters. And obviously there's an age gap and there's a relationship that, you know, it's an aunt and niece, but they understand enough about each other, or at least Lillian does about Kate. So she, you know, she can be of help to Kate. And, and then you see that they can both be in a drunkard mess. And then, and Alice doesn't really have that other kind of central person who she has a relationship with. It's kind of just occurred to me. Because no. it's actually not with Chris. Because he's hardly ever in it. You know, it's not as if they're like Robert and Linda Snell. No. So it's, well, it's he only of, turns up when they want to hang someone from a cross. <laughs> true. And invariably him. Yeah. 
But, um, and I suppose the point I was trying to make with this and trying to make this kind of uh, connection is, is that another one of these kind of central partnerships is Eddie and Joe. Yeah. And I must admit to being a little bit just disappointed in what they did to the cottage, to Grange Farm. But really, I'm kind of more disappointed that the scriptwriters are always just painting them out to be serial losers. Yeah. Of which it's the hard, you know, it's the hard put upon women of the Grundy family who have to then kind of bail them out. Yeah. And I love the fact that Emma um, stepped up to the mark, but, you know, she's, she's like new Clary in that respect. You know, she was there mopping up. She thought on her feet to prevent the Sterlings from, from going round, but I just want them to catch a break. And I don't, I I don't want them to catch a break. Allah, um, only fools and horses where Del Boy does become a millionaire. All right. You know, so let's not be ridiculous about it, but I, I'm just a bit tired. Yeah. You know, well, it's it's that Elizabeth, it's that sort of Shakespearean comedy servant classes, isn't it? bit boozy, drink too much, bit raucous, bit inappropriate, bit shifty, bit, you know, don't look after things, bit feckless, don't look after things properly. And you think, especially Carrie, you know, mm-hmm. she she's held down a responsible job for many years, apart from poisoning half of <coughs> the customers of Bridge Farm. Um, you know, it, and she doesn't, she doesn't behave like that, but yet she's sort of lumped in the same category as the rest of them because they've just all been given this, uh, this caricature like, you know, Eddie with the cow horns on his head and, you know, this, yeah, this very Elizabethan sort of, yeah, comedy servants. Yeah. I, and I'm I'm just somewhat tired of it. I've had 30 mm. odd years of listening to this and, uh, you know, it's, it's, t- it's time for a change. And I hope, hopefully that change is not going to be the passing of Joe because I'm, and, and if, and if it will, and if it is, um, I'll be somewhat shown up uh, to be the fool, which I um, I know that I am internally, uh, because I've said ad nauseum that Joe, uh, the character of Joe, will only be written out of this when the actor that plays him actually mm. passes. Mm. You know, the, you can't have an actor in it for this amount of time who um, is that beloved, and then um, have them die on screen, on air, yeah. so to speak. You know, that's yeah. just tasteless you know yeah. it's not going to happen with peggy and i don't think it's going to happen with joe no. but th- there is a ridiculous amount of foreshadowing that's been going on for yes. months that you know it has every been. poor joe every time he goes to the loo <laughs> you all right joe <laughs> yeah he's been quiet uh vicky cole feel much it feels much the same hello lucy royfield and everybody this is Vicky Cole from Kenya, only I'm not in Kenya right now. I am being an optician on the Isle of Wight for a few days, so I don't know if I deserve my normal lion music. I'm phoning up to have a real rant. I am just cross with everybody. I am really cross with Tony for telling Rob that they were going up to see the baby on Sunday. I don't know what's going to happen there. I can't see it ending well. I am very cross with the Grundies for making such a mess at Grange Farm when they were being given this wonderful opportunity to stay in the beautiful farmhouse and I'm sure it's full of gorgeous rugs and chairs and antiques and things that they seem to have ruined. But I am really, really, really cross on behalf of Phoebe, um, having just supported my son through his final school exams. 
what were Brian and Jenny doing going away during the exams? And Jenny had spent so much time bragging about Phoebe going to Oxford. Doesn't she realise that Phoebe has to get the grades to get in? And even if Brian had booked the thing without telling her and whisked her away, I expected better of Lillian. I mean, I know Kate is self-absorbed and self-centred and just awful to the point of caricature, but I did expect better of Lillian, partly from her own natural sense of what's right, but also Jenny had specifically reminded her, I am fuming for poor Phoebe. So I do hope she's all right, and I'm pleased that she's been rescued by Alice. Right, I'm off to the pub now to drown my sorrows. I hope everybody behaves themselves better next week. Bye-bye. She said she's upset with everyone. And she's upset with the Grundys for making a mess of uh, in in the home that they'd been given at, you know, an extremely good rent, this amazing house. And they've kind of, you know, well, the crack in the ceiling, whatever it is, you can kind of forgive that. I mean, that was because of somebody was tap dancing on the table. Fat Paul was tap dancing on the table or wherever it was, um, you know, but. And, you know, would you really let ferrets in? Would you, well, I suppose Clary can't stop everything. Clary's not the police, is she? But it's kind of, it's, she's the family police. She's just trying to control the others, the boys. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she's fed up with uh, with the Grundys misbehaving. She is uh, cross with Tony telling Rob. But as we said, if it pushes Rob towards revealing his true colours, that's no bad thing. Um, and she's cross with Lillian not helping Phoebe or not understanding um, Phoebe uh in her in her in her work not being supportive just messing around with kate um and uh we need to play with the spoons call as well because he feels much the same hey baby i hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs mercy Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dimmers around the world. Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. It's been a very difficult week on both sides of the pond, so it's nice to talk to all of you and escape into some Archer's analysis. First, Lillian. I stand by my statement of last week that she is an employee of Justin, and that adds a level of complication to their affair. I don't think there's any way that this will have a happy ending. Will the fun Lillian's having now be worth the heartache she is sure to encounter in the future? I don't think so. And her immaturity and poor judgment at the age of nearly 69 is reflected in her partying with Kate. I could see mother from hell Kate neglecting the needs of her daughter Phoebe, but Lillian should know better than treat her grandniece in such an uncaring way. I'm not happy with Lillian now, and well, I'm never happy with Kate. I wonder if it were a scriptwriter's inside joke that Toby asked Pip to narrate his film, as we the listeners are always banging on that she sounds 15 years older than her age. But I was happy Pip wound up giving it to him good. Next, I'm waiting for Neil to do the same to Josh, the chicken thief. Both Toby and Josh need to be knocked on their rear ends and learn some humility and ethics. The week ended with a dose of reality for the Grundy family. I do feel sorry for Clary, a nice woman having to put up with the shenanigans of her husband and father-in-law. 
It was good of Oliver and Caroline, who I guess we won't be hearing very much from in the future, to be patient and give the Grundys three months' notice. And yes, I continue to worry about whether Joe is going to survive this transition. Angus was reminding me that I should mention that we had dinner with some high school friends on Friday, and one of them is married to a Brit who is a fan of the Archers. I told him about Dumpty Dum, and he said he would start listening. So if you are, David, a big shout-out to you. And Lucy and Roy Field, do I get a toaster oven? That may just be a gay thing. Happy Pride, everybody. Talk to you next week. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. I do think they did. I know it was probably intended to be funny, but I just found them incredibly irritating, Lillian and Mm. Kate. Just really stupid and boring. You know, drunk people are quite boring, aren't they? And mm. you just think, oh, shut up. There's there's someone upstairs who is actually trying to make a concrete change to her life. And you think it's funny to sort of wreck that. And that really pissed me off. Mm. I was surprised that Lillian had no sensibility towards yeah. that. I thought she at least says, OK, we, should, we do really need to, you know, turn it down or maybe let's go somewhere else and get rat assed. I thought because Lillian does have perspective. Yeah. She's not as totally self absorbed no, as Kate. Kate. So that that did surprise me. Absolutely did surprise me. And and also Lillian can be very responsible. Yeah. So the fact that she didn't go up and check that, you know, Phoebe was okay, etc., you know, it was a little bit of a surprise. But um I suppose you're supposed to read from that. She's all kind of giddy about the whole kind of Justin thing because yeah. obviously you know well she's that's told what Kate, Kate said to her didn't yes, she? she said, exactly, oh, you're, exactly. You're, you're acting all frisky Auntie Lillian oh god mm. frisky Auntie Lillian <laughs> greetings earthlings Andrew Horn here recorded uh, on tour in the Kent deep in the Kent countryside oh I'd be careful how I said that one anyway um, a light thing from this week I'm sure I wasn't the only person who wondered the evening with Phoebe um, and Lillian and Kate. It sounded like it was a trailer from the uh, upcoming film for Abfab. Um, poor Safi there trying to do her homework upstairs whilst the uh, two got roaringly drunk and we got a, a super uh, load of Lillian cackles. Just brilliant fun. Um, I don't know whether it was the darkness of the events of this week that were sort of playing on my mind, but uh, and I'm prepared to be shouted down on this, but I did wonder whether Joe's uh, falling asleep in the bath um, was a sort of a botched suicide bid. Um, he said he wants to die at Grange Farm. He's made that quite clear, not just as a wish, but, um, you know, I want to die here. And, yes... Um, by all means, do disagree with me, but it did sort of pull me up short. Um, but as I said, it may be other things playing on in my mind at the time. And I'd like to finish just with, for those who can um, get hold of Radio 3 uh, podcasts, which might be more difficult for those of you abroad, but Tamsin Greg, Debbie, was on uh, My Essential Classics podcast a couple of weeks ago. I've just been listening to it today. And... Uh, a, it's just a delight to hear her voice uh, for the best part of an hour chatting away, but how music has um, 
shaped uh, shaped her life and uh, and her career. And there is a segment about what she thinks about Debbie, the role of Debbie, and her relationship with Brian. Uh, very insightful. Anyway, I shall stop wittering now and speak to you again soon. Bye. Now, Andrew Horn says that Lillian and Kate are a foreshadowing of Patsy and Edina in the new Ab Fab film, which my sources tell me is mm. so appalling that it took sort of eight billion months to edit because they were just desperately trying to find any funny bits they could find to put together. And when all else failed, they just went out and filmed another celebrity cameo just to shove it in to keep it going because it was mm. so lame. So there we go. Um, you know, that is a show which hasn't really stood the test of time. If you go back and no, watch... No, it's just very of the moment, isn't it? Of yeah, the time. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. It kind of came from kind of nowhere. And in, and in terms of that, the whole dynamic of you know faded kind of hippie 70s hippie and then with a conservative child which we now see as a thing yeah you know um so but it took us by surprise then but hasn't stood the test of time at all though some bits of it are are still kind of mildly amusing but it it is fast and on top of fast and you just go oh god yeah (laughs) Um, which shows you how poor tv was back then because that was brilliant yeah I did like Bubble though. She was my favourite. Oh yes, Jane Horrocks. When Jane the fax Horrocks, machine, yes. when the fax machine started spewing out, when she pressed the button and just kept chucking paper all over the office, she was going, "Oh, paper, come in and come in." <laughs> 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 Still makes me laugh. Anyway, um, Andrew Horn is as well as thinking that Lillian and Kate are Adina and Patsy. He also says um, that he was slightly worried that Joe might it, Joe falling asleep in the bath was a suicide attempt. He didn't fall asleep in the bath. He fell asleep in the chair while the bath was running. Mm. Um, and he's not, Joe is not the suicidal type. But I know what you mean. There you is... think having a ferret on your lap with Charles <laughs> is a suicide attempt. Suicide. <laughs> oh, this ferret they on top of me tackle. They smell <laughs> appalling. Mind you, probably so does Joe's tackle, to be honest. But anyway, I don't want to think about <laughs> Joe's tackle with or without a ferret topping. Um, <laughs> uh, I think... Joe is doing that thing that very old people do, which is sort of backing away from life, really. You know, Mm. he's kind of thinking about his demise because you would be at that age, uh, 94. And, um, you know, he's sort of... uh, When people... You know, people say, oh, no, he's decided to die now. He decided to, you know, give up sort of thing. And um, Mm. I think maybe the, the selling of Grange Farm, if that is ultimately what happens, will kind of be that uh that moment won't it that'll be the, the there'll be something very moving around joe giving up then they sign the contract and joe sort of goes um but you know obviously i know what you were saying about they're not going to let the character die unless the actor does but that's horrible i'm not wishing anybody dead oh dear mm. hmm. are we done with the calls uh just goddess diva oh goodness you're leaving the best till last I'm still got a Steven here at work, but on my mobile. I don't use my work phone. I can't take my mobile in to the to the centre where I ask people if they're sticking things up their bums. 
Um, anywho, now I've got over my pegistential crisis, and God knows a stopped clock is right two times a day, I've been having some thoughts about the men of Ambridge and how, really, they just don't know how to take no. It's, it's weird. Oh, and I think about Fallon and Harrison's courtship. She said no. She said yes eventually, but that was after your stalking and coercing. With this um, blooming video that one of the fair boners has done, whichever one it is, so interchangeable, Pip said no. And yet he still put her face on it. She said no. He still managed to try and persuade her to do the voiceover. Helen said no. And Rob forced her into things. Kirsty said no. And then other people, like, forced her into things, like this bloody big wedding. I mean, bear in mind, it was the women who forced her into the big wedding, not Tom. I think he'd have been happy if they were off. Anyway, I digress. There's so many women saying no. And so many men ignoring it and pressing on anyway. But I've got to actually hand it to Justin Elliott. He at least asked her in an upfront way. And if she'd said no, I have a feeling that he would have taken that as a no. Anywho, I'm off. I've got one shift left and then I'm off for a week and a half. I'm going to dig out my dumpty dum t-shirt and take it to Glastonbury see if I can get an Earthwind and Fire selfie with it on or something. Love you all. Still loving the podcast. And I'm now off to ask people if they've had an erection for more than four hours. Okay, got it, Steve, we're out. Yes, sexy Rexy. Well, Toby can't take no for an answer because he will not stop badgering her about this blasted film voiceover thing. Mm. Um, Rex kind of has heard the word no in a million ways and is just refusing to believe it and thinks if he just hangs around long enough, she'll give in. Um, yeah, there's kind of a lot of kind of... Rex hasn't got that level of game at all. Has he not? No. Rex has got no game, so... as the Americans would say. <laughs> so it's just like he's hanging around because he really likes looking at her. Absolutely. Oh, that's quite sweet. Absolutely. <laughs> But yes, there there is a lot of um, man mansplaining uh, in the archers. Uh, definitely, that is absolutely true, and with harassment in particular. But uh, that's why I quite like hearing Fallon clearly um, wearing the trousers in their relationship. Thank goodness. Need to do the elderflower cordial index. Oh, so okay. Q in um, Q in economic news uh, sounding music now. Emily Thomas uh, in Paris says at Marks and Spencer's in Paris, Elderflower Cordial comes in at three thirty-nine euros. Shouldn't you have like a comedy French accent when you're doing this? Elderflower Cordial, the Entente Cordial. Um, Rachel Kennedy, uh, mm-hmm. Shropshire, cheapest Elderflower Cordial around, homemade, eighty-eight p per litre. That's You're missing a good. comedy turn here, Lucy. You're good at accents. So you need to keep, start this again. <laughs> no! Do the comedy French no! one. Then do a bit of a Midlands accent for Shropshire. No. Right, then, then where's next? Is it, no. is it Wales? It is, isn't it? No, it isn't. Oh, um, where's, where's next? It's um, Saskatoon. Okay, well, you can do Canada because you did no. the old Aboot thing last Aboot. week. So okay. That's all I can say. After I can't you. say anything other than Aboot. <laughs> well, just sound American. <laughs> No! And us Brits won't know the difference. 
Except you'll come up to me and say, which part of America are you from? And then I'll get really cross. Um, we found some in, this is from uh, Michelle Areta. We found some in Saskatoon and very reasonable priced, very reasonably priced, about $5, five Canadian dollars for a one litre bottle. And Polly Barker said, mm-hmm. I saw uh, London. I saw David. Well, that's really important to the index. Sorry, Lisa. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I saw David Archer in Waitrose yesterday. He lives nearby. I'm not following him. Sadly, pasta section, not cordials. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine da- Timothy Bentig in Waitrose or whatever and someone sidling up to him saying, would you like some cordial? <laughs> Have you thought about elderflower cordial, David? <laughs> That's it. Smashing. Right, let One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Quickly take five, come back the other side, touching Millie Bell on tweets of the last seven days. We'll be followed by these advertisements. Nineteen fourteen, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand. Assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria, Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August. And then, will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American presidents. The new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths are for you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do T-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. Good day, everyone. This is going to be a reasonably quick recording this week. 
for lots of uh, reasons that really I won't bore you with, but are to do with the end of semester in Australia. Uh, on our forum, dumptydum.com forward slash forums, we have a number of discussions happening. Remote controlled chicken house door started by Paul Robinson. Oh, Chody started by Julie Harvey. Video from Ambridge by Carmina Burana. Love that name. Um, and someone, uh, Lexi B, talking about Maslow's hierarchy, which I was also going to mention, but don't need to now. Uh, Audrey-Anne uh, Kavarobius talking about a question of friendship and paging Andrew Horn by Dusty Substances. Whilst we're talking about Maslow's hierarchy, which came up last week, which I was shouting at uh, the podcast in the car, uh, the other thing that I was shouting out was when they said they couldn't remember, I think Roy Field said he couldn't remember what Kathy had taught as a teacher, and I'm pretty sure she was a home economics teacher which is how she went on to continue with the job that she had uh, in hospitality. So that was uh, the forum and uh, my little uh, outburst <laughs> in the car about last week's podcast. And now to go to our Facebook page. So uh, we talked about Joe Grundy fast asleep with a glass of cider in his hand and a fairy on his lap. Well, we thought that pretty well summed him up. So how would we sum up other Archer's characters uh, Sarah Passingham said Susan also with a glass but this time with an ear pressed against the bottom while clamped to a wall listening in Zoe Picton said Linda a fast walk, nose in the air always on the move, never relaxing actually that is spot on uh, Judith Lawrence said a large G&T and a cackle for Lillian uh, Sarah Squire said she had also loved that description and she laughed out loud at the time and Sarah Woods Rockwell also uh, said, Lillian, a stiff drink in her hand and um, an unsuitable man in her lap. And Victoria Hogan finished off for us with, with Will He Wake? Fear it may be his perfect passing in his beloved Grange Farm. But then she had uh, listened later on and said, no, he was hiding his, in his room. So think, she thinks she's wrong. But a few of us are opining that the three-month window and the fact that uh, Joe doesn't seem to be so well lately. Could herald an interesting end. We're not sure. Anyway, I am going to have to love you and leave you because I have um, exam questions to mark. And so if you'd like to get involved on dumptydum.com forward slash forums, we want to hear from you. If you would like to be involved in our Facebook page, we're not going to stop you because we love you. And until then, hooroo. Thank you, Millie Bell. At that point, you started saying, thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Great. Uh, Lucy, yeah. now can we have uh, your best tweets that you've seen on the Twitters in the last septimana, as they would say, in Florence? There's uh, quite a lot of them. Sorry. Um, Becky Black uh, mm. said, just when it seemed that Grange Farm had only been minimally grunded, Joe, 94, <laughs> finishes the job. <laughs> Grund to grundy something. That's, yes, that's to make, to just chaotically mess it up out of sheer carelessness and wanton idiocy. Um, Lucy Jordan uh, was very, very cross with uh, Tony for saying to Rob, yes, all right, then we'll let you see your son on, your son Gideon on Father's Day. He, she just put, wow, guess we know which part of Tony Otto crushed then. <laughs> ah, Sally Annerley. I don't. Qu- I came in late to this conversation. I don't quite know what was going on, but you kind of get the gist. Um, she's replying to someone else. 
Miranda swaps Justin's Viagra for laxative and squirts deep heat into Nil's KY jelly tube. <laughs> Bloody Nora. <laughs> That's horrible. Um, mm. Ms. Alliance. Now, the reason I've included this is because Ms. Alliance is... She's your pal. Is, she's my pal. And she's also... Nepotism. Very... Favoritism. She is very... What is she? She is very... Uh, respect- A nice person. She's very respectable, isn't she? She, do- she doesn't kind so. of lose it very often. No. And when... When Rob turned up at the doorstep, she tweeted, No! Stay on the doorstep, you knob face. <laughs> Just the idea of Ms. Alliance calling somebody knob face made me laugh. Um, Jeremy Peake was not impressed by um, uh, Pip uh, suddenly encountering Alice in the middle of some, in the middle of Gloucestershire at some flipping cow thing and said, Tonight on the Archers. Pip goes to an udder seminar where she bumps into Daryl, Jamie Perks, Christopher, Alan and Usha. <laughs> um, Angela Dobb, who we haven't mm-hmm. had before, said, My gran, when watching any film, would ask, Who's that? Is he the policeman? Didn't that one die? I feel like that when T-Rex is on. <laughs> yes. There is quite a lot of that for me as well. Which one's that? And then they're still saying each other's names, just in case any of us haven't caught on. And Tweet of the Week <laughs> was from Beverly Drains, who said... <laughs> we knew it wouldn't be long. We knew. Who said... <laughs> was that it? Was that the tweet? No, That's it's good enough, though. It could be, couldn't it? Beverly Drains, who said, I don't know where this relationship with Wayne is going. He treats me as if I don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> whoever you are beverly we love you <laughs> beverly darling <laughs> well done well <sighs> done well done well done dumb dumb.com go there it's a shop there's a forum there's some stuff uh people talking <laughs> about stuff on the forum go there and also you can see characters statistics and uh, many other things so it's awesome dumb um um Oh, another thing. I'm going to quickly say this, and I was going to say this at the, the, the start of the show, then I forgot. Please, for the love of all things holy, go on to iTunes. Right, it's the odd review. It's quite important. It means that more people get to listen to our show, and it means that um, more people will then uh, know about us, and that'd be nice. So please go on to, w- oh, on to iTunes if you haven't done so already, and just go and write us a review. Now, there are a couple of ways. If you've already done a review that you can help keep our little show on the road. First, you can donate by hitting the donate button on our website. Uh, Or you can go to patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about £1.30. Um, remember to get in contact with us you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on our website which is dumdydum.com or you can call us on 0203031305 to leave us a telephone message via your phone not by a marrow or anything like that because that wouldn't work <laughs> oh, on the social media front you can find us on Twitter where we are at dumdydum me I'm at Royfield uh, I'm at Lucy V Freeman. Sarah Smith is at Sarah underscore Smith, and Harriet is at Shambridges. On the Book of Face, where we have some one thousand two hundred and seventy odd like lurkers, you can find us by typing in Dumdy Dum into the Book of Face, and then you'll bump into that plethora of loveliness. And then Millie Bell's holding court, and people are responding to whatever she says, and it's awesome. Guess what else is awesome? 
Um, don't know. Next Monday, when we record, it's my birthday. Ooh. We're recording on my birthday. How old will you be, Lucy? 147. Fortunately, I only look 146, so that's all right. Have <laughs> <laughs> you got anything planned for your birthday other than a Dumdy Dum recording? I have. I, well, not, it's, it's happening the weekend before, but I'm going out with a bunch of my lady friends and we are going to have fondue and then we are going to do karaoke. Nice. Oh, we doing the karaoke. Lucky voice. Ooh. Jane Horrocks link. Oh, yes. That's little she, voice. Well, still a link though, isn't it, really, yeah. of sorts. Mm. I, well, said, well I said to them, there are no boys coming, so... You will not have to sing. You will not at any point find yourself singing Guns N' Roses. And then had five texts immediately going, but I want to sing Guns N' Roses. <laughs> so I said, all right, then you can all sing Guns N' Roses. <sighs> really? People sing that stuff? They do. Good heavens. Glad I didn't get an invite. <laughs> it would have been I a bit can't of a sing at all. Yeah, it would. Um, Last would time like... I was a bit too shy to sing. So I said to everybody, look... I will do backing. I've always wanted to be a Motown backing singer. Um, yes. And so I said, I'll do backing for everybody while you all sing, which was great. Apart from there were like six of us or something and everyone sang six songs. So everyone else just sang six songs and I sang 36 songs and lost my voice for about 10 days because I just <laughs> couldn't, I couldn't speak. My throat actually felt like it swollen up. So I'm hoping to be a bit more restrained this time. They laughed at me and said they're all going to be silly singing, you know, God knows what, Taylor Swift, and I'm going to be singing Gertrude Lawrence. <laughs> I don't but care. Ser- but seriously, what is your go-to karaoke song? Uh, Nine to Five by Dolly Parton. Really? Yeah, apart from it goes a bit high at one bit. Which bit? Remind the, us. The bit where it goes high. I'm not so you're joking. I'm not singing it. Oh, go on. No. Great way to sign off the podcast. <laughs> someone else can ring in and sing an Archer's version of Night... For my birthday, someone else can ring in and sing an Archer's version of Dolly Parton 9 to 5. Please, thanking you. I was found in a bar yesterday. I thought you were going to say noticed. that's where you've been found, like, at birth or something. <laughs> no, I just realised it made sense. I was in some drunken stupor. But, um... I came to in a bar yesterday. Human League love action. When you're in love, you know what to do. I, 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 it came on and I was went, oh, it reminds me of England and being, being at school. And I went, when you're in love, you know what to do. Da, 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 da. And the barman went, yeah, Human League, really good. And I went, yes, it reminds me of being at school. And I had the longest chat with a guy called TJ but guy owns the uh, bar called Scott uh, just talking about the merits of the human league because I love the, the way contention... he calls it hum- human league and we call it human league <laughs> about human league uh, uh, he was saying no no great great band great band and i said hmm you know it, they haven't really stood the test of time great eyeliner and... that's probably about all you can say yeah phil Oakey and his eyeliner and, yeah. and those yeah i love yeah, a, yeah, i love yeah, a man yeah. in eyeliner well, because you know the thing about the human league, there were there were two human leagues. Did you know this? No. Because Heaven Seventeen, do you remember them? Yep. They were the original human league. Really? 
with Phil Oakey. Yes. And they and their underground hit was a song called Being Boiled. Yeah. And basically, I can't remember why, but Phil Oakey fell out with the Human League. And they said, you know what? You can take the name, do whatever you want with it. And the rest of them then became Heaven 17. Phil Oakey then gets signed to whatever, Virgin, I think it was. And the Human League blow up like six months later. But all those people in the Human League are not the original Human League. The Human League was actually Heaven 17. So, um, yeah. And, uh, and I don't think, as much as I love Don't You Want Me Baby, it's... It's kind of a cheesy song. Yeah. And it hasn't really stood the test of time. You know, I was working in a waitress as I was a waitress in a cocktail bar. And musically, it's pretty, pretty, pretty. Well, that's that kind of 80s music, isn't it, really? You know, kind of early to mid 80s music, which was kind of quite quite cheesy in a way which i've said before 70s music has stood the test of time it's actually kind of quite lush in terms of its arrangements and music and the musicality of it is much more sophisticated so i don't know so we had a bit of a playful discussion about the merits of the human league and actually truly were they were were they a really good band whereas heaven 17 now there's a good band for you temptation what oh, a tune. yeah that now you're talking. Whereas Human League was just... I might do just... that at the karaoke, actually. I tell you what, record it on your iPhone. No and you way! We'll play it in the next subject. Come on. <laughs> if, you want Lucy, if you want to hear Lucy singing <laughs> Temptation by Heaven 17... Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody. Yes, they do. Yes, oh, they do. Also, it be a testament as to how many people listen this far into the podcast. <laughs> because as I've, always, as I've suspected... <laughs> as As I have suspected... Uh, for for many many a moon now, uh, people tune off after tune out after your monologue. So, if you want to hear Lucy sing Temptation, tweet, email because she's going to record it on her phone. And at that point, I'm going to say it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from him. Smashing. Right, go and have your appointment with England. Will do. All right, and right. you got to sing Temptation. Record it on your phone. <laughs> All right, love. All See right. you later. Take care. All right. All right, bye. Bye. I've never been closer. I tried to understand that sudden feeling carved by another's hand. But it's too late to hesitate. We can't keep on living like this.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.